0: Welcome gamers this week's episode of Last Call Gaming, episode number 185. Today is February 2nd. My name is Craig Perales. Joining me is Mandrew Montemayor. We're back behind the chair. Uh, Last week we did miss an episode. Unfortunately, um, I had to leave town and um, Andrew happened to catch... A little bit of a, would you say it was a cold? Was it a flu? What was going on?
1: I don't know. I think it's a flu. That's what everyone says is going around right now. So I'm like, all right, whatever. But it's hitting people. I do, I don't like, there's a lot of people catching strep these days. And that's running around. So that's something you don't want to. I haven't heard that.
0: (laughs) So uh, guys, again, apologies for uh, uh, missing last week. But we are back now. So guys, if you're watching the YouTube version of the show, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share, hit the notification bell. If you guys are interested in following us on social media our link tree link is in the description that will take you to all of our social media and if you guys are listening to the audio version of this podcast check us out on your podcast platform of choice so uh before we get into our main topics guys we'd like to do what are you up to when Andrew and I take a second we talk about what we've been playing what we've been watching Andrew I'll actually go first because mine kind of my game predates your game is that correct so go for it as far as what I've been Um, watching, I just finished, uh, Percy Jackson and the Olympians, which debuted on December 19th of 2023. That is on Disney plus. This is based on the Rick, uh, Riordan, uh, Greek Roman book saga that he has called the Camp Half-Blood Chronicles, which debuted back in 2005. I actually was a day one reader of these books. I, I love the books. There's, there's several different, um, sagas that continue throughout it. Uh, there was two movies that actually came out when they started trying to um, adapt them. One, The first one was in 2010. The other one was in 2013. Um, the new show is a reimagining of it. And uh, essentially it's these kids. Um, I'll just read this real quick. So this is a uh, 12-year-old modern demigod. Percy Jackson is coming to terms with his newfound divine powers when the sky god Zeus accuses him of stealing his master lightning bolt with his friend's help. Percy must restore order to Olympus. So the first book of the five out of this series is called Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, and um, it's kind of cool. It's these kids with like d- dyslexia and ADHD, but they find out that that's actually is what makes them a demigod. Like their dyslexia when they can't read is because they're like hard driven to like to read like ancient Greek, and then like their dyslexia and stuff like that, like their ADHD helps them like. Uh, is like their battle senses and things like that so it's it's a really um cool story I actually when i finished watching the show i watched both the movies just because i was kind of so um into it percy is actually um the son of poseidon the show um was actually received really well on Rotten tomatoes at a 97 percent every the whole show is out right now if you guys are looking to check it out um it does have a pretty cool interesting cast uh one, one of the guys i want to point out to you is that plays uh, aries
1: is uh, Adam Copeland, which is uh, Edge, right? From WWE. Oh, you know what's funny? is <laughs> My cousin just asked me last night. He's like, hey, have you watched these? And for some reason, I was getting it confused with The Sorcerer's Apprentice uh, <laughs> with Nicolas Cage. But then uh, he's like, oh, Edge is in there. I'm like, oh, the rated R superstar? And yeah, he's like, for it, sure. And he
0: looks pretty sick. And the, the, the big thing, too, is if you ever watch the movies, the the, sh- the show does take a different kind of approach in it. But I did want to give... Um, the shout out to this was one of Lance Reddick's last performances uh, He's in an episode eventually at, when you meet him He's Zeus and at the end they give you a nice like and loving memory of so um, RIP to him. It's a really good show if you guys want to check it out surprisingly for a Disney plus show I, You know compared to all the trash that they had on there. Um, it's a very really uh, fun fun show. So as far as what um, I've been playing is I started and it's I know it's Yakuza but I'm just going to say Yakuza cuz just that's how I like to say it is Yakuza uh 0. Now uh, Yakuza 0 is an action adventure game developed by uh Ryu Ga Gotoku Studio and published by Sega. It's the sixth main entry into the Yakuza series and a prequel a prequel to the original uh game. So, its original release date was back in 2015. Um, it's had a couple of different uh, release dates. It was on the 15th in, in Japan, in North America and Europe. It was 2017. Fast forward, it actually got a remake um, for the Xbox in February 26, 2020. And that's the way I'm playing it. It's, it's a really nice looking version of the game after watching some old cutscenes, And I just wanted to get ahead of this and make sure this is makes sense. And you correct me if it, any of this is off. It says, set in the late 1988 during Japan's bubble era the se- and 17 years before the events of the first game, the story follows uh, Kazuma Kiryu and Goro Majima as they get embroiled in a conflict between various Yakuza factions for control of a patch of land known as the Empty Lot. Now, as far as I can tell, these two dudes are like the best of the best. Everyone loves these two guys, but I was, I didn't know it was um that long before the original one because i wanted to start playing the original one and then andrew was because he's a big uh, yakuza guy was telling me you could start with yakuza and that's actually probably the correct way to do it now the game i like it's it's a it's a tad slow in the beginning the cutscenes are a bit long but once you start diving into like the twist and all that stuff and and who's who's going to betray who and who's on what side, and the fact that I, I liked it every two chapters, like it changes to the next dude. And one of the reasons I mainly wanted to pick this up is because um, I did have some downtime to play some games and I wanted to play something that like I've just never been familiar with. It's always been kind of like a blind side for me. Is, and there's so many of them that even if I don't finish all of them, which was highly unlikely with how many there are, I at least wanted to do one of them. And Andrew praises it uh, so high. So I started playing it. I'm loving it. I'm not doing all the side stuff, which I don't think you need to do, but I'm really not doing the, the like, the club, like, the, the essential side game, like, the, the club owning and, like, the real estate. Um, would I be missing anything with this game? Because I'm really just focused on the combat.
1: The only thing you really miss when you're doing, like, the side stuff is just, like, so that's usually where there are some touching stories, but then there's some other, like, more comedic moments in it, like, I like, I think it forces you to do one where, like, you meet this dude where he's only wearing underwear. Like, is Majima, Do you know which one I'm talking uh, about? I have met a guy in underwear, yeah. Oh, oh it, no, no, I have. Yeah, he's a dude. And he's,
0: he's like, a weird yeah, dancer. He's and thinks dude you're a dude outside. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay, so, like, them. you
1: meet more people like him. Or there's one where, like, there's this chick who she's missing her visa, but Kirill can't understand her because she's from somewhere else. So he thinks she's asking for a pizza. So he's going all around town, like, looking for a pizza to give to her. And then, like... It's like her pimp or something like that that shows up later on, and she tries to give him the story. It's like you can't believe me. This guy's so stupid. He thought you wanted a pizza, not a visa. And like, just his inner, inner monologues. Like, anyone could have made that mistake. It's, <laughs> it's just that's where you get a lot of like the comedic stuff. Cool.
0: Because I, I have done some of the side stories. Like I have. Um I did go on the blind date... I did go on the date with the one chick to meet the dad so you can pretend to be your boyfriend. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I, and I've done... So I've done some of that side stuff. It's just, And I love when you're running around town, these guys will just kind of bump into you. So it'll it'll pop up on your thing if you want to continue doing them. I did the one with Kiryu where he has to be the... He has, like, the producer. Yeah. And you have to set all that up. So I am doing some of them. I'm just curious if I'm... Am
1: I missing out on anything if I don't try to, like, do all of them? No. The only reason you'd really miss out is, like, some of them, like... you'll meet some of these people in like another game or there was even like one, there's like one chick in zero. She's like this old kind of like horn dog lady for like (laughs) your guy that you meet her like in like the sixth game. And I think she might, um, I'm pretty sure she was even in the newest one. She was in the newest one. Um, the man who erased his name. So it's a chick you meet all the way back in zero that isn't that, but it's, if you didn't do it, you're not going to be like, Oh man, I'm I'm missing on this groundbreaking thing. It's just like oh, that's so funny that you would run into here, however many years down the road. Okay, cool. Because as far as I, I can tell, I'm like I'm really it's got a lot of
0: cool twists and surprises. I listen to a podcast like when I'm running around fighting, but as far as the story goes, I'm going to like stop not listening to it, because you've got to pay attention to a bunch of stuff, a lot of twists. Um, The fact that it's 17 years or so before that one, I didn't realize just how long this game goes with with Kiryu as the main guy. I didn't really know that part of it, but as far as what I've been playing, I'm on Chapter... Um, I just checked today, I just got to chapter 12, because I played it a little bit in the morning when You're I woke up. You're right at up. the end now, huh? Yeah, I think there's like 16 chapters or something like that, so I'm getting close.
1: Some of them kind of cruise through too, like when you get later on, you'll do like one big fight, and then a bit of story, and that'll be like the yeah, chapter I think that was
0: kind of turning me off in the beginning, because like, the beginning was so long, I'm like, are they all going to be this long? But no. then as soon as I got to some other ones, you can do it pretty quick, so I'm um, looking forward to it. But I, the reason I wanted to start that first, with Yakuza 0, it's because Andrew's uh, got some stuff of his own going on.
1: I'm sorry, I'm glad that you played it and that you've, I, because I've been recommending it to you for years, and yeah. I'm like it. I kept telling you like it takes a little bit to get into it at the start, but once the story takes off, it just takes off and it doesn't stop. And, and it's, it's gnarly, it's dude. So I, I just good. got out of the
0: point where I just got out of the jail cell with uh, majima and then oh, that, that dude, other dude. Yeah, the one dude gets all blasted up and he's going after the cop. I was like, God damn, dude, that, that's,
1: that's, that's just one of many, many things. That cutscene's so sick. Yeah, that was it, sick. But um, <sighs> it's funny that you would be playing that because I just beat a game that you recommended. So uh, before I'd gotten sick, I actually just beat Doom Eternal. Mm I had completely forgotten about that, and I had so much fun playing that. I'm like, ah, you know I don't remember why we... I think we had passed on this originally because we felt like it was going to come to the Game Pass immediately, and then by the time it did we were just busy with other stuff. I think you played it when it came to Game Pass, and I was busy with yeah, other cause stuff. Yeah, because
0: we, we look, I looked at when I beat it. It was, it was way after its release date, so yeah.
1: But it, the game was so good. The soundtrack, again, by Mick Gordon is, like, amazing – But after I beat that, I actually started Like a Dragon Infinite Wealth, which is technically Yakuza 8, the newest one. And I'm having so much fun. I'm loving the story. Mm -hmm. I love the new setting. It's in Hawaii now. And at first, I thought that would kind of, like, put me off. The only thing that's a little weird, but I guess it would really have to make sense, is that when you meet some of these people, they'll be talking Japanese to you, obviously, so that way your guy could understand, because there's no way that you would be able to talk to all these people without not. But then other times, they'll be, like... I'm fighting this boss. He's talking Japanese to you. But then at the end, he'll be talking to his henchmen. He's like, all right, let's get them boys. in like English or whatever. <laughs> and so like a little, that's only like the weirdest thing, but they've taken the combat of this and completely refined it. And it's so much better now. It's fluid. It's really good. And I love to now. So it's, if you're looking for a JRPG, This is JRPG because I know like Final Fantasy is more like an action based one now where this is that real kind of turn based combat and what they've done too so that way you're kind of not just like standing there where your people are is there's like a bubble area so you can move your guy around so you can get like a proximity bonus if you're um, next to an enemy you can it has like a little arrow too so like I'll know okay I'm gonna hit this dude I'll hit him into the wall or he's close enough to the wall I'll do extra damage or once you build bonds with the other characters too, I can hit them into that guy and then they'll do like a special move on top of it. Or if you're healing and let's say this person is too far to my right... I can move myself over here, and now as long as they're close enough to my circle, they'll catch the heal instead too, so it really gives you like another element to like, okay I'm not just waiting for my turn, or just healing this person, that person, if this person's too far, and I think maybe they're going to die, and I'm on critical health, I'll just heal these two and risk the chance that the guy might die, and I'm going to have to revive him or something, so it really makes you think a lot more about the combat that so,
0: dope.
1: either way, I'm loving it If you're have, lo- I'm <laughs> hoping I get there yeah. if you're looking for a JRPG, definitely don't sleep on this, this game is so good and as far as watching anything i was kind of sick for a bit so i didn't get a chance to watch anything crazy uh, i know before i would mentioned i watched the first equalizer i actually got around to watching the second and third one and those movies are actually really really good i didn't think they would be like that cool i just thought they were kind of maybe like uh i don't want to say like an a nick cage or like a john travolta movie of like a denzel quality <laughs> but i would put them kind of above that because it's almost like I think what I like about them is he's almost like John Wick in a way where like he's, you know, with all the stuff he can do, but he's like a nice guy that does nice things for people that he doesn't know. And like, so his random acts of kindness, I always like seeing that. And so I thought they were really good movies. So if you haven't seen them, especially the third one, super dope movies. Yeah, I got to see if they're streaming on anything. Cause every time
0: I try to look for them, they're never on anything. I, I, I think have, they're on Hulu right now. For, okay, cool. Cause every time I look for them, they're like, I got to rent them from Amazon or buy them on Apple or something like that. So cool. So guys, uh, that is what. We've been playing. That's what we've been watching. Leave down in the comments down below what you guys have been doing. So <clears throat> with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into our main story, and that is that the PlayStation State of Play just happened. That was on January 31st. It was about 43 minutes. It showed about 16 games with a couple of announcements. Um, so before we dive into it, um, just overall, especially coming after the the direct um, the de- developer Direct how did you like the state of play? Was this something that... first state of play, was this was this really good for you? Did you see a lot of cool stuff? Was it subpar? Was it something you were like, eh? Because I looked at it going, a lot of this stuff... It was really cool for the big games that we're going to talk about that showed. But a lot of that stuff was just like... these. It was like a 30-second thing. It was a 20-second thing. I'm like, there's yeah. a couple of these things I feel like they kind of shoehorned in. And one of them, I will brush over it. Like, Sonic's X Shadow Generations. I'm like... That didn't need to be in this thing at all. But I wouldn't say it diminished it. But for me, I'm like, a lot of this, I think they could have trimmed the fat off of it and made it a little tighter. But overall,
1: I mean, I'd I'd give it a a B or so. I'm saying, for talking presentation-wise, I like that, even though the big problem, I think, with a lot of this is some of the, a lot of these games don't have, like, a solid, like, release date or even a window that you don't know if it's coming this year. But I kind of, like, always, okay, well, this is something further on the horizon. That's what I felt was maybe lacking a little bit from the Xbox one. But if I had to compare the two, I thought the Xbox presentation was better. Nice. So, but it wasn't terrible by any means. I guess if I had to give it like out of a 10, maybe like a, a 7. I just feel like for, for how long it was, there's a there's. I could have watched a, like an IGN catch me up 12 minute video the
0: next, you know, the next day or something like that. But overall, I mean, it, it is what it was and it did show off a lot of things. But uh, with that being said, there's a, a couple of the main things we, we're going to kind of more dive into, but we're gonna I'm going to gloss over some of the other stuff. If there's anything I say that you want to talk more about, uh, let me know, but I'm just going to point it out so you know what was on there. So the link's in the description if you do want to go back and watch it, or you haven't seen it yet, at least you can know more about this. <clears throat> you had Helldivers 2, which they're showing, um, comes out on uh, February 8th, so that is right around the corner. Sonic X Shadow Generations, which is coming out in August. Uh, Zenless Zone Zero, which is currently in development for PS5, which I thought looked actually really cool Foam Stars, which is dropping February 6th, which is right around the corner Which is showing their first season if you're a PS Plus member um, that will be on there uh, Dave the Diver which is going to be coming to PlayStation finally because I believe it's already out you just, It wasn't on Sony coming out on April with their Godzilla DLC coming out on May you had be rising which had a release date of 2025 They showed a little bit more about Judas, which I was kind of surprised about. I didn't know we were going to see any of that. But as far as the release date, it's still just in development. Metro Awakening VR, which I thought looked really, really cool.
1: I'm a big fan of the Metro series. I was going to say that... I'll pause there. I was going to say, yeah, I kind of didn't want to gloss over that one just so much. I do want to say that one was kind of a standout moment because at first... I didn't know what it was. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this has cool horror ambiance. This is good with whatever the helmet. And after a while, I'm like, oh, this is Metro. That's really cool. Cause I, the last one I played was Exodus. Yeah, I beat
0: Exodus. I beat 2023, and I've, I, I'm halfway through read um, whatever the second one is Redux or whatever it's
1: called. So I really like the series. Cause I think there had been a leak before that I'd read that said there's gonna be a VR Metro, and I remember thinking, I'm like, ah, that doesn't really sound like that'd be too interesting. But after watching that, I was like, no, that's actually really cool. I'm not like a big VR person. I can't play that stuff because it makes makes me sick, but I think that this is, again, one of those things, like, hey, we put out the VR, this is going to be something that's going to support it, so I was like, you know what, good for you for putting that in there, because that one actually looked really good. Yeah, and I do like that they do show some stuff for the
0: VR, and they were showing that, that comes out on 2024, and then right after that, they showed Legendary Tales, which was also a PSVR 2 game, which I thought looked, which comes out on February uh, February 8th, which I thought looked really cool, it had a lot of cool blocking mechanics and things like that. Um,
1: oh, I just thought it was funny <laughs> when he's just, like, beating the skull. <laughs>
0: They had uh, Dragon's Dogma 2, but we're going to talk about a little bit more of that um, later. So, that was pretty much what they some of the stuff that we we're going to kind of cruise through, and then we're getting to their bigger ones. Uh, before we get into the other games, they had two kind of announcements. One of them was Hideo Kojima's um, new IP that was coming out, which is new action espionage that's going to have like combined film and gaming mechanics. He didn't really say too much, but that was a big thing that they had. And then also the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, they're giving that's on uh, February six as well. That's going to be a really big deep dive. Anything on those?
1: Um, as far as the uh, action espionage, I mean, that's pre- people have been clamoring for something to maybe rival Metal Gear. I mean, there's nothing else that's like it. We don't even have like Splinter Cell or anything like that that would be even close to like what Metal Gear is. So there's definitely room and a hunger for so- that sort of game out there. And I do want to note that that on top of another game that we're going to talk about plus um, OD, which is the Xbox horror game that they're working on. I mean, he's crazy busy. Yeah, he's got a lot of things happening, and uh, it's always good to see him. It's just, dude, he's just getting better
0: looking with age, man. <laughs> they're like, it's like, oh, it's going to mark my, my 30th or something year in the industry. I'm like, what? <laughs> you still look like you're 22, bro. Um, so, yeah, so now let's get into kind of the main stuff that we kind of want to take a closer look at. I want to start with... Um, Death Stranding 2 on the beach. And again, I'm going to be reading from IGN, so if you want to read more of the articles, the link will be in the description. Um, Simply because Andrew and I haven't played Death Stranding 1. I mean, I've started it, but I never got too far. So i would rather start with this one, get it out of the way, because there'd be no real hunger for us, but at least we can um, acknowledge it. And they have this to say. uh, Kojima Productions shared a traditionally lengthy trailer for Death Stranding 2, which is now officially titled Death Stranding 2 on the beach. Norman Reedus' Sam Porter Porter Bridges returns and it appears he's facing off against a new group called Drawbridge. There was a lengthy sequence with a potential villain using a chainsaw guitar hybrid weapon that shoots lightning. And that's just one of the crazy things that happened in this trailer. DS2 will start all the cast coming back like Troy Baker and and so on and so forth. And when originally when I was looking at it, I didn't even know. I didn't even catch that it was this rating. Two because the name I, it, I thought it was dlc like yeah. on the beach like that name to me i just don't like it it just to me it just sounds like some dlc stuff and i was watching it and they said i'm like oh they're i'm like that's kind of this seems like some pretty big dlc and then it dropped it's like Death stranding till i was like oh of course so with that being said it did look pretty badass one of the biggest things i kind of wanted to to look at was the original one was kind of more of the gameplay you know i mean not, i wouldn't call it slow but like You don't have to fight. It's traveling. It's a walking sim. You can kind of play it pacifistic
1: if you want to. But it's like, this one looks like it's more gameplay. I definitely wrote that down on here. It seems like it's a bit more action yeah. oriented. I have, yeah, I have storyline versus game plan, and this one doesn't seem like it's it's leaning more towards that. Yeah, I this one has me far more interested, especially with the crazy guy. This looks like an over the top like Metal Gear situation, especially to that dude with the guitar. That 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 whole scene was badass. Yeah, I was that, like, I was like, man, this is so cool. Yeah, not only
0: did his his armor look cool, but then he pops off the mask, and then you get to see this cool like Joker looking mm. face.
1: I wrote that down specifically on here. I've always loved because he's done all the metal gear stuff yoji shinkawa and i'm glad they put his name up there too he does the artwork and a lot of the character design and stuff like that for um when he did all the all the metal gears and he did death stranding and obviously death stranding too a lot of the design choices i'm just like man dude it it looks way better than what the first one did i'm far more interested in this than i ever would it was in the first one
0: yeah and they were showing i mean i don't know how many of these characters are from the first one i don't know if the chick with the gloves over her mouth i don't know if she's in the first one but uh, but it reminded me of uh, Castlevania when that one dude turns into the demon. He's got the hands over his mouth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was pretty cool. <laughs> She's like lighting her cigarette. It's got this crazy little like puppet doll that's in there. Um, but it did seem. I mean, I this I don't want to gush too much. It's like the story just seems like he's trying to get more people involved on it. So it just seems like it's more. I don't say more of the same, but like if that's what you like doing, it seems like this is picking up right then and then and you're and you're back on the field um trudge it along. So I gotta say uh it looks really really good and uh I mean I it felt weird because I think it comes out twenty twenty five and I'm like man that seems really soon I'm like I guess the first one what came out like in 2019?
1: Yeah but with how busy that he's been and all the projects he's announced everything like that I put that on here further along than I thought I knew obviously we knew they were making a sequel. This is not something I would have expected to see until maybe like the end of this year, starting next year, something like that. So I mean either way it looked good and it's cruising along. That I honestly wouldn't be surprised if maybe this is one of those games that's slated for like early 2025 or something like that. that who knows? Maybe it gets pushed to like December. And like, hey, we finished it. Whatever, we'll push it forward. Not that that happens too often, but either way, if this is uh, again like I said, 2025, I would picture like an early 2025 because this looked like it was running extremely well. Yeah,
0: and that's the other thing too. If, if I, this year is going to be stacked full of games, I mean, if I, I if you have the PS Plus, you have the, it, it gives you the director's cut. So again, I started it. Um, maybe hopefully at some point I can actually try to put some hours into it, even if I don't finish it, put some hours into it, just so I'm more familiar with it. Cause I know Death Stranding 2 was, was a lot of people's, uh, favorite game when it did come out. So, uh, with that being said, I did want to bring up that they announced Until Dawn, the remaster coming to PS5 and PC this year. The rumored Until Dawn remaster is real and it's coming to PlayStation 5 and PC later in 2024. We got to look at the remaster's enhanced graphics and learn. <coughs> excuse me, that developer Ballistic Moon is handling the project. There really wasn't too much to say on the game per se. Um, it I actually just recently played it last year. It was it's awesome. It's this whole kind of a choose your own adventure type game. The reason I wanted to to bring it up is because this is a game that they're in the process of making a movie out of, which I thought was kind of interesting. And it says. Until Dawn's video game uh, movie is in the works from David F. Sandberg and Gary Dauberman. And uh, let's see. So filmmaker David F. Sandberg, who has spent the past several years in the land of superheroes, is returning to his horror roots. And Gary Dauberman, the screenwriter behind hit horror franchises It, Annabelle, and The Nun, is doing a pass on the script originally written by Blair Butler, who previously wrote Sony's vampire thriller, The Invitation. There is more of it if you want to read the whole Article and I just wanted to point that out that I thought that was uh, really interesting because when you look at uh, it, um, that movie had a budget of 35 million worldwide ended up making 704 million. Annabelle had a budget of 6.5 million, came out and made 257 million. The Nun had uh, uh, 22 million and made 366 million. So I think it's smart for Sony to jump into a genre that's generally safe to put low money with a high return when it's really good. And when you look at who's written some of the other best in the business, I think this is a really good team uh, for them to have.
1: Yeah, I specifically had that written down too. Not only does the game look good, but I was kind of in some forums afterwards saying people were like, of all the remakes remasters, why are they even doing this? I'm like, well, because the movie's coming out. So I what um I don't think there was a date on this. I wonder if they'll put it out before the movie or after, maybe close to, maybe do some like sort of tie in or something. But I thought that was like a perfect choice for like a movie. I'm like the way the story goes and everything, the the whole setting and everything would be a perfect movie. I'm I would day one go and see. Yeah,
0: because the things that are, that are gonna have in it with live or die scenarios, featuring a mysterious killer, cannibalistic wendigos, a cable car. And a long-ago mining cave in the uh, in that reverberates into the present day. The members of the group must fight their way uh, through their fear if they all hope to make it through the night in one piece. And... I just again, I think it's smart that Sony's doing this because it's just showing the diversity in their projects. I mean, they've already had Uncharted, which is doing well. Probably my least out of my least favorite out of all of them. You have The Last of Us, that's doing well. Twisted Metal, that did well. Gran Turismo, and now you have a horror franchise that you can right. kind of go into. Which, um, unlike superhero fatigue, I mean, you can do different things with video games and not get bored of it just because it's a video game. It's one nothing really has nothing to do with the other one. So I did want to put that on your... Notice, if you guys haven't played it, check it out. It's an awesome game, but there's also going to be a movie that's going to be coming out of that as well.
1: So uh, anything on that? No, nah, I'm I excited for whatever they end up doing with that movie because it, it's going to be dope. Excellent. And so the next thing we wanted to point out was the Silent
0: Hill news that they had coming out. They brought up two different things. One was Silent Hill, the short message, and the other one they kind of had a a longer look at Silent Hill 2, which is the remake of the original one that is in development the reason I wanted to bring this up as well because I didn't really hear it at first and I had to I had to hear it again is the Silent Hill short message is actually out now to download if you have the PS5 you can start playing it actually it's not that long of a game but from what I was looking up it's about two hours I actually started playing it um, today when I was when I was done doing my notes and stuff it's a pretty trippy deep game so it's not for the light of heart it does deal not that it's I mean scary by any means but it does got themes of suicide Depression and insecurity, and it's one of the messages that pops up like through different chapters and saying, Hey, if you know somebody, if you've got depression or thoughts of suicide, because uh, it is a heavy theme in this game, then make sure you know you get the right help that you need. But um, first person, right? Yeah, it's first person. Yeah. If you're playing this girl who's looking for her friend and she's in like an apartment building, and it's pretty trippy because she's it's like a cell phone game, so the light, and then you're walking down these kind of creepy hallways, you're, you're learning information. She's kind of slowly remembering what's going on and why she's there. I won't say too much because out of a two-hour game, I can't say too much without spoiling yeah. anything, but there are some pretty scary chases that I've already been in. Um, so I just wanted to point that out. If it's something you were interested in and you, weren't, and you didn't know about it, the game is out now for free to play at least the short message. But, how'd you, I mean, how would you think about short message? And then, again, Silent Hill 2 is coming out. and
1: There's no date for that. I believe it's still just in development. Uh, For a short message, I actually thought that was pretty interesting. One, that they shadow dropped it. But I wonder if they're putting it out more as like a test or like... Because this obviously doesn't play like the other Silent Hills where they're like third person. This is first person. I'm like, I wonder if they're looking almost at like what Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil did when they put out 7. Which was arguably the game that kicked off like the Cap where they started coming back. Because 7 and 8 were first person. In between like 2, 3, and 4s being third person. So maybe this was their way of gauging. Okay, well, can we do the same thing with Silent Hill? Create a first-person version of Silent Hill and it'd be just as good and maybe capture that sort of lightning because a lot of people praised and loved Resident Evil 7 and 8. You know, we both really enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, you know, that's pretty interesting. I, I think that's a cool choice. And then they did show off, like, substantial gameplay for two.
0: Yeah, um, more, more than I thought. For, for a game that's just in development, I was like, oh, that's pretty good.
1: Um, again, this is done by Bloober Team, the people who did the medium. I think that this game definitely... It, Looks a little rough when they showed it though. I'm like, hopefully this isn't launching anytime soon because it definitely looked like it needed kind of. A oh yeah, lot oh of yeah, 100. But for what we were saying, I was like, okay,
0: they they know what they're doing. I think it's as much, it's a much safer hands than then than them doing an original game like the medium of them taking something that's already been done and then crafting it in that style.
1: I it's it, I'm just up in the air on it. My big problem with it was that the trailer that they chose to show for a survival horror game, generally in survival horror, my definition more of it, is where you're encouraged more to either flee, but really only kind of fight when you have to because you have so few little resources. There's pretty much just a shooting gallery for this whole (laughs) thing or like him fighting stuff. So it was just a very action-packed like little segment that they showed or something that's supposed to be survival horror. So okay, I'm like, that's fair. I don't feel like they really captured the theme or the feeling of what Silent Hill is supposed to be. So yeah, I, don't, I don't
0: remember playing Silent Hill two or or remembering it as much as a kid because I remember playing him. But like, is that how number two was on the original PlayStation?
1: I I only played it like a few times, but yeah, that's what is, I remember yeah. more so was not really fighting. I remember just like, you know, like Resident Evil 1 or 2, I, or I mean, 2's more action-based, but I mean, you're not just supposed to, just it, it, it's, it's not sauce. like Resident Evil 4 where you're, you know, you're fighting everything, everybody and their mom. He did, it did kind of look like a Leon
0: Kennedy kind of walking around with that. I did get kind of some Resident Evil 4 vibes out of that, but, um, so yeah, that's, put that in note that uh, they did have a pretty good trailer, even though it was action-packed. And that there is a game out now you can play if you have it on, uh, if you have PlayStation out right now. So, uh, with that said, guys, I'll finally move into two of the bigger games that um, I think they <clears throat> had to show off. And that was um, Rise of the Ronin. We'll start with this one. Rise of the Ronin is out on March 22nd. And Team Ninja gave us the best look we've seen so far at the upcoming action game. We got to look at the hub world of Yokohama, one on one sword combat with a parry system. And a lot. More. So one of the biggest things that I think a lot of people was definitely on my mind was, is this going to be a Soulsborne type game or is this going to be a more tight like Devil May Cry type of game? And I think it'd be fair to say that it looks kind of more like the latter. It, it's a it's a faster looking game. It's got a lot of different options to kind of do combat very quickly. Where, and Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, Is the, wouldn't you say a Souls or Sekiro is kind of more of a like a heavy grounded-type game versus something that's as fast-paced as, like, a Devil May Cry, because from what I saw, the game looked very quick, and and uh, I don't know. What
1: were your thoughts? I'll say some of those uh, uh, are... I figured it may be a little bit more, like, Sekiro-ish, because Sekiro, you do get a little quick, but you're... I, I like the idea of what they're saying, especially with the time period kind of playing with stuff, like, you're not just using your sword, you're also using, like, Western technology, yeah, what they're saying. like so the like, musket and the bayonet. Yeah, so like I was like, okay, that's pretty cool combination. This almost looks to me like... If like Ubisoft kind of tried to make it, except for I don't know that they would make something as good. I specifically wrote down a note, and I wrote it on here too. On like every year that goes by, you have people putting out like uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Rise of the Ronin. It's getting harder and harder t- for Assassin's Creed as a franchise to put out the one game that everyone has been clamoring for for them, which has arguably been an Assassin's Creed set in Japan. Now you have all these other ones that just look so good. And their quality look really bad. <laughs> yeah, and their quality's kind of gone down a bit. That it's like, okay, like I just wouldn't even bother. I'd I'd wait till at least it, like if, if this game even came out this year, I'd wait two years before I put out my Assassin's Creed. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people were leaning towards the fact that it had a parry
0: system that that maybe kind of more imitates a Dark Souls. Type. I'll say
1: that that's like what it is yeah. in Throw especially with the combat. So you're not using the shield; you're you got to parry Yeah, but
0: with everything else in it, because that's the biggest thing. Is I have no problem playing hard games. I like playing devil may cry i like playing vanquish i like playing god of war on the hardest mode my my just thing is it's it's not that the game's hard it's just i can't i don't move that fast when i'm playing those type of games like when like when andrew runs me through dark souls he's doing all the combat i just have a harder time doing that so i would just say as someone that was on the fence of going is this game going to be for me i think this game looked more Ghost of Tsushima than it would have a Sekiro. Would that, do you think that's a fair statement?
1: Yeah, I think it was blending more towards that side than it would, and hopefully, that's what I was going to say, it'd be more like a, I, I don't want to say like user-friendly, but hopefully not as like grueling as some of the, past, you know, like Neo or I, obviously Sekiro, because yeah. that game was like extremely hard. Yeah, and
0: the fact that it's coming out on March 22nd now, put marks that on my calendar as something I am definitely going to be playing, and yeah, once it started showing off the myriad of weapons that it had, I thought it looked fantastic. So, um, with that being said, the last big one that we want to bring up is, uh, Stellar Blade. And this game was probably one of the bigger ones besides Last of Us. I think it had kind of the bigger showing. And IGN had this to say, uh, we got a deep dive on Stellar Blade, the action game coming from developer Shift Up and publisher Sony Interactive Entertainment. We learned that the game is coming on April 26, 2024. The game takes place on an apocalyptic earth where a mysterious enemy has forced humans to flee to a colony. The main character, Eve, and her two companions, Adam and Lily, work to destroy mech-like enemies as well as hostile survivors. Eve will use guns and swords in stylish action combat. So, it's weird. It's I mean, I like that they started off with this one. It just sucks that afterwards it kind of lost a little bit of the momentum with some of the random games they were showing. But, um, and again, it's one of the few games we got a release date, and that release date is right around the corner, so... I looked at this thing, I thought it was it, it was big, it was open. I liked that it. It, it showed that there's going to be a lot of kind of mechanics involving who you're going to deal with, your side quests, and how you're going to deal with your team for building certain things. So, um, I don't know, you saw Stellar Blade, uh, what did you take away from it?
1: I like that in the combat. I mean, it reminded me of almost like a Platinum Games, especially because they just came off of like Nier or like Bay- Bayonetta. But as far as like the aesthetic goes, mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe I'm just tired of it. I'm like, oh, this just kind of looks like a little like... Another bland, like sci fi, like Japanese style game, almost reminiscent of it, almost reminiscent of like Ghost in the Shell, or especially because I just came off of Nier uh-huh. that's in a post apocalyptic future, even though it's androids with an Adam and an Eve in it. Also, <laughs> as well, I, the biggest thing I
0: hated Secret City, what's its name? zion
1: i was kind of like how many times we gonna use that generic mean? so i yeah i just felt like some of the things i'm just like uh, that's why I, I i say blend more than anything versus generic i'm like some of these things it just reminds me like if you put out a trailer of this i would have thought maybe it's it's like a cartoon or something it could be with like another anime that i never heard of that just gets shadow drop that has like 10 episodes and then there's a sequel later on or you know something that you would find on Netflix is kind of more what it reminded me of. I hope that it's good, and I hope that I'm wrong because that guy—at least the combat—I really enjoyed. But as far as like aesthetically, everything else, i was just like ah. Uh, this but maybe is it's also because I just came off of *Nier*.
0: Yeah, maybe because I think that's what a lot of people were kind of comparing that fighting style, that aesthetic to. But yeah, for me looking at, it, I was like, man, this looks uh really interesting. I like the storyline, even though it is maybe you know you hear it one too many times. Uh, I would just say out of all out of all the main ones we were talking about. Which one kind of catches your eye the most, or do we both agree it's Rise of the Run?
1: I think it's Rise of the Ronin. Okay. Because I'm looking forward to that. So Yeah, I think arguably that one was my favorite. My <laughs> yeah, mind. I did want to point out that Stellar Blade was kind of an interesting one, though,
0: as well, because um, it was originally called Project Eve, and they revealed it back in 2019. And at one point, this was shown for both PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. But since then, it's now a completely... PS5 exclusive game. Yeah, I have seen that. And there's there people are kind of, um, rumoring that may, that maybe Sony's in talks uh, to buy this studio. Do you think that's Team not, Ninja? Yeah, no, uh, not Team Ninja. Uh, or, was it
1: or not Ninja? Ninja does the other one. Um, Shift Up or whatever. It was. Yeah, it's a Korean
0: studio. Yeah, Korean yeah, studio. I, yeah, I did
1: look that up too. I'm like, ah, I mean, I guess that they could. I I would feel no great loss because it's not like I ever got a taste of it. Anyways, and again, I have other games that I could play that seem like they're similar. Well I mean Listen, what- that's what
0: I like though take people off the board that doesn't affect everybody right this is a nice studio that, that fits your bill you know that, that that they've turned the game to being sony only i don't think xbox fans are, are super gonna they're gonna miss it but like it's different than taking a square enix off the board
1: yeah i wonder too if this because i was kind of i was looking at the studio and i was like i don't really see anything else from them i wonder if this is like another thing that's is their first game so maybe that's maybe why i felt like it was a little more bland because like, okay it's your first game you're not going too crazy and then maybe the sequels where you really kind of like find yourself or something but either way, I mean, it, it at least looked like it ran well. It didn't look like a hunk of junk. <laughs> a hunk of junk. So, guys, that was kind of our take
0: on the uh, PlayStation state of play. Let us know down below what you guys thought about it, if any of the other games that we kind of brushed over were something that was bigger than you think, or if uh, maybe we didn't hit the right notes for the these big games that you were looking forward to. So, with that out of the way, guys, unless there's anything else you want to add, uh, we're going to move into our second main story, and that is that uh, Walmart... Is being looked at as pulling physical games off of their shelf, and there's a few kind of articles making the rounds stating that is Walmart going to be killing physical media for video games? And it's kind of a big uh, read up here that I'm gonna get you guys. So, hey, straddle in and uh, get comfortable. Walmart is reportedly gearing up to start getting rid of some of its physical video games. We are in a digital age now, and have been for quite some time, but now we are starting to see the full ramifications on physical media. For years, you had to buy everything on a CD or disc, but as the internet has evolved, things have become more accessible through digital means. Songs, movies, and even video games have been easy to download in a matter of hours, if not minutes. For video games, you no longer have to go to the store, you can buy the game Right when it releases, and even download it prior to its release, in order to play it as soon as it's available. It's convenient, but it also means less ownership. One day, it's possible the license for these games will be taken from you. We've seen, uh, we've seen with things like PT that they have the power to make things completely unplayable unless it is already installed on your hardware. On your hardware. Uh, with that said, we are moving further into a digital future and losing access to physical media. Best Buy has purged its movie section and other retailers like Target have dramatically reduced their movie options. It looks like video games may be next. As reported by Andrew Marmo and Wario64 on Twitter, Walmart is supposedly getting rid of Xbox games like Starfield starting next week. An internal memo has surfaced online stating that all copies will be reduced to 3 cents and sales will be blocked by the store system and then removed from the store. As of right now it appears uh, this is only for Xbox games. But this move was reported last October and it seems to be coming to fruition. It was noted that Microsoft is funding this move for Walmart in the memo, suggesting it may be Microsoft's decision and not Walmart's. Nevertheless, Microsoft voluntarily removing what is arguably the biggest game from the shelves of one of America's biggest retailers is not a good sign for physical media enjoyers. So it's a big thing. And I mean, just you got to put it in the context that, yeah, physical media and other in other categories, like, like music and and, and, and movies is like, that's slowly fading away. But that's because the, on the go tech, I think is just easier to do. Like when you're, when you're playing a movie on your tablet or your, your music on your phone, I think video games still holds a spot where a lot of people have consoles and you can still, you know, a physical thing can still work in that. You're not, we are getting to the point where we're taking a lot more things on the go and digital is happening, but, um, I don't know, I think a lot of people were thinking Walmart was going out of their way to make this happen. It is kind of eye-opening that, that Microsoft may be funding this, and that and this may be an initiative to kind of going, okay, let's push people to
1: the Game Pass, but I don't know, how, how do you look at all this at um, the start? I, I mean, honestly, I'm, and maybe it's like due to... I, I wonder if it's mm-hmm. like an h bracket thing or something, or people who collect physical media, because I don't collect modern physical media. I have my nostalgic stuff so i have my nintendo 64 those games that i love like a couple GameCube things my super nintendo stuff obviously and those are highly nostalgic for me and that's why i keep those other than that i can't think of the last I, if i buy like a modern game it's usually just so it uh, the only way i'd get it physical is if it came with like a, a statue or something like that so i don't mind that stuff kind of going away i don't again i look at it as like when's the last time i bought a dvd when's the last time i bought a cd i don't do that sort of thing and um i one of the big rumors is that the next like xbox upgrade it's not the xbox six or whatever you know whatever the xbox series x pro whatever they're gonna call it is supposed to be an all digital console only and i know people are kind of freaking out being like well you lost me as a customer it's like if you don't think that sony is kind of looking at something like this down the road too. Xbox might just be the first one through the door, and of course they're going to take the brunt of it, but I, that's kind of the future we're all heading towards, and maybe they would just rather rip the Band-Aid off now. Yeah. It's not too different than what they tried to... Not different, but what they tried to do when they were originally talking about the Xbox One, where you can only have your one physical disc, but you could digitally share your games through like five people or something like that, which we we kind of do that now. is just a one-to-one, but you would have had a bigger group or something like that. But you know they've had an all digital future kind of plan for a while now they're just way too early to the party
0: yeah I, I, I just look at it in terms of being a negative is like is the preservation is like because once yeah, it's, yeah once it's I, gone it's gone and, and even though no one's doing it it's nice to have a hard copy of it somewhere it's just but at one point if it's just taking up spot on you know on the real on the on the floor there's really no point on having it. and again there are things like um Certain games are moving straight to uh, digital sales only. Al- so Alan Wake if, Two, yeah, Alan Wake Two was a big one. Which um, a lot of people were kind of on the fence, going, "Did Alan Wake Two sell really well? Did it? Did it not?" And and some of the confusion that I see with people saying is like, Alan Wake Two did really well because that's why Remedy was so happy with the way it was received and their, and and how everyone liked it. Got some awards. i like, but you're, okay, but what you're confusing is is critically acclaimed on how the game was versus how many copies sold are two different things. And one of the things that was with Alan Wake being sold was it sold 850,000 sales across consoles by the end of November. So being only digital. Now in comparison, you look at something like Spider-Man, what sold over five million copies so I don't know if that changes anything in terms of going if I can only get it digital does that make it lower and then I was looking at something like elden ring which sold 13.4 million copies which is a huge number now the counterbit to that argument was I was looking up is in 2022 the era showed that 89.5 percent of sales in 2022 were all digital while only 10.5 were physical so if that's the case then how would that really even matter that one outsells the other one? And then in 2023, digital made up about 95% of this sales, and which at the end of the year, gaming came out to $174.5 billion. The only thing I would say is when you don't see it in the store, does that maybe make people forget? Like if you're in a Walmart or a GameStop and you see a game, if I saw Alan Wake 2 at GameStop and I was like, oh yeah, when I go home, I want to go buy that digitally, but if it's never there to see physically or there's no signage, I'm curious if that if that's going to be an issue or a problem. I mean, clearly digital is the way we're going. It's just I think Xbox is doing it on a on a vertical that's focusing on the Game Pass. I'm hoping I don't see I don't see Nintendo Switch doing it, and I don't see Sony doing it. And if they do do it, I don't see them doing it. Anytime soon, I, I do think this might be just a Microsoft move to focus on what on what they want to do
1: with the past. I, I was about to say, I definitely don't see Nintendo doing it yeah. with the cartridges and stuff. But yeah, I was going to say, you bring up a good point too, because I didn't think about like the fact, like how often do you go like, oh, well this box art looks cool, maybe I'll try that. But you see it on a wall, versus... I don't think the Xbox store is as bad as the Sony store because I've heard the Sony store is pretty bad with just tons of shit games in there where you have something that's cool, you know, that diamond that just gets lost in the kerfuffle. <laughs> so, yeah, just want, we wanted to point that out that um, it is something that was making the rounds, but I think
0: people were overstating that, like, tomorrow physical games are going to be out of, out of uh, Walmart and it's really just Starfield, which is odd that they're starting with their... Biggest one, but I mean, if you can go snag it for three cents and you haven't played Starfield yet, go grab a couple of copies and sell them for a buck a person. I'm
1: saying I'm glad that you at least brought the numbers too, because I was like, you know, there's people that complain about it. But then when you look at the numbers, yeah, it I is. Just, I didn't realize the margin was that big. Last year, ninety five percent
0: of the games were digital. Were digital, mm-hmm. so it's like. That's, it's impressive because a lot of people will complain that I don't have good internet where I live or the infrastructure worldwide probably isn't as strong, but it's like at the end of the day, when you're making 174.5 billion, 95% of people found a way to download it and it was all digital. So, um, it is going to be the way we're moving forward, but I guess we're starting with uh, Microsoft
1: kicking off that ball. So I would say there's another uh-huh. game coming out too, and I can't remember what it is that, oh, maybe it's. Is Hellblade 2 that's also going to be digital only? Hellblade 2 is going to be an all-digital game. Yeah, so, I mean, that we'll see how it does. Uh, I was going to say, another thing, too, some of those element numbers, I know that some websites and everything, they have, like, a hard time, or, like, sales numbers, they don't, like, include some digitals from, like, some places and stuff like that, too. So it's really hard to gauge, like, digital versus physical. Like, physical is just the easier thing to gauge. Yeah, done and done. So, uh, guys, we did go a bit long. We
0: were going to get into questions, but I think we're going to save... Uh, this question for next week. And th- that question is the Sabbath. So the Sabbath, if you're listening, we're going to tackle your question uh, next week, my good sir. So with that down and out of the way, guys, uh, that is going to be the end of episode 185. Guys, join us next week for episode 186. My name is Craig Prouse. That is Mandrew Montemayor, And Until next time, guys. Cheers. See ya. <laughs>